You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Adrian here. Today, we are tackling the topic of retrenchments. Not a day goes by without some news about companies shedding stuff. The one that was trending recently was Lazada, and there was also Google, and now Unilever. Yeah. Hi, hi, Crispina here. Adrian, we've talked about being retrenched before. Remember, yep. our guest was Stephen Locke. He gave us a first-hand account of what it is like to be let go. Today, however, we want to take a step back and look at some of the business realities and how companies are actually thinking about making cuts. Hmm. Yeah, and to talk us through all this is Javier Lim, head of people. And culture at Tatsu Works, a Singapore-based game studio. Welcome to Work It, Javier. Hey, hi guys. Nice to meet all of you. Nice to have you. Thank you so much. Perhaps as an introduction, could you start by giving us a background about your work in HR in general and specifically with Tatsu Works? Yeah, so I have been working for more than ten years, and I initially didn't start my career in HR. I was doing like employment-related stuff, uh, employment mm-hmm. services, and also like social service-related work. Everything was like a fresh start. My mm. first startup, and I was the first HR person. Uh, it was really scary because I wasn't trained. I didn't have like a diploma or degree yeah, in that yeah. area, so I had to learn a lot of things on the job. But I just love it. Although it's really sometimes not an, a very thankless job from time to time. Actually, most of the time, <laughs> you know, like agent will know lah. Yeah, agent. making sure that you know everyone, the culture and everything is a very tough and tall order. But yes. I still enjoy doing it. So yeah, I spent a, quite a bit of time in the startup space. Love it. I love the energy there. I love mm. waking up to not knowing what's gonna happen tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it can go both ways, like. Yes, it can. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But sometimes it's a yolo. Right, He's so. young, lah. Thank That's you. why he can wake up and anticipate <laughs> chaos. Yeah, for our listeners who cannot see Gervil, he's actually thirty-five, but he really looked twenty-five. Yes, he does. Ah, thank you. Yeah, he looks like one of my ex-poly students. <laughs> I'm so happy this is on the record. <laughs> yeah, then I joined Tatsu Works probably like just two years ago. I think it's an ambitious company. I love it given that they are trying to build a game and it's Singapore-based. How many studios out there in Singapore are building a game and the yeah. game that we are building is so massive. We're just looking forward to what we can deliver these two years. We have some interesting milestones. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, good luck on the game development. Thank you. Okay, coming back to this topic, over the past month alone, I've heard two people say to me that their company is drawing up a list of people who might have to be moved to like a downsized position or or moved to another department or to be let go. Now, these aren't tech companies, by the way. Mm. Just the thought of management looking at the possibility of drawing up a list sounds like a bit scary to me. Mm-hmm. Having done some HR, I know it's the startup space is not quite the same as like a big company. But how does this process of downsizing begin from a business perspective? Is it always about you're not making money? So we got to cut. And the first thing to cut is people biggest cost. It's not always about not making enough money. If we look at a lot of the big companies out there, they do mm. have some form of healthy mm. profit. Yeah. But probably as compared to last time, it's not as high anymore given that there's a lot of increase in headcount costs. So I think a lot of these companies out there are actually concerned about their financial runway and financial sustainability. Mm. So it's not mm. just about profit, it's about can I still pay for everyone's salary at this rate? 
Right. Um, right. Sometimes it's also about the pivoting in business strategy. Companies have to move into new areas. So there's this talk about generative AI, and mm. I think recently Google also moving into that space. They also trimmed down their marketing yep. department as mm. well. Sometimes it's in favor of this kind of business strategy. Mm. Of course, maybe mm. removing certain non-performing investments. We see also big tech companies investing like in fancy food yes. products, and then mm. later realize that it's not going to work, and then they scrape it off. So mm. it could be either macro environment mm. because of whatever is happening mm. in the back. Ground that you cannot control, but to the second point you mentioned, it sounds to me like management's mistake because they couldn't、mm. foresee. <laughs> Am I right to see that I, way? I think there is no perfect management that can have、yeah. foresight into so many things,、yeah. right? I mean, as much as we can plan runway and all that. Look at COVID; it just took all of us by surprise,、mm. yeah, right? Yeah. And we also assume that. Because of COVID, there will be a speed in digitalization, and so a lot of companies end up、mm. hiring a lot of people.、Yeah. But then realize that right now the market moves in this consolidation period, whereby yes, yeah, yeah, we have buy enough digital products, right? I don't need any more, right, from a company perspective. Right, and right. so then companies then will have to trim. And then move into new areas. I do know that some of these companies went on a hiring spree,、mm. and they were paying so much money. Of course, and then when competition hits, and for example, generative AI hits,、mm. and then they realize, oh my god, okay, I don't know whether we can last five years on this headcount, <laughs> right? <laughs> But let me also follow up on the list, right? Have you ever been on like a list? I, I have actually. I have. So my second job, I was laid off. This was during the dot com era,、mm. uh, but I. I think it was quite easy to be on the list back then, because seventy five percent of us were on the list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just look there, look right. Just yeah, yeah. Basically, everyone including the team. Throw a stone and that guy will、yeah. be on the list. Okay. So it was very interesting because I was reading this piece and Adrian, I sent this to you, right?、Yeah. About reasons why people let go.、Mm. One lack of skills advancement. That means maybe your job is redundant. So you're obviously、mm. on going to be on that list.、Mm. Number two, you are on a very high salary,、mm. but you are an overseer, not a doer.、Mm. I, I guess、mm. you don't add to the bottom line. I don't know. Like、mm. you are not part of the product.、Mm. The person will debate this, lah. But yeah, yes. <laughs> you like visibility. That means your boss doesn't know who you are.、Mm. That could be one.、Mm-hmm. This is from HBR, by the way, the Harvard Business Review. Poor performance.、Mm-hmm. Okay, this is also interesting because people may think that they're performing okay,、mm. but when you are on that list, actually, your boss doesn't think you're that great a performer.、Mm. So there's a misalignment, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also true, right? Yep,、Mm-mm. and then the final one is offshoring and automation. Yes. Okay, so the worst of this is obviously the skills and the offshoring and automation because that's not me.、Mm. But the others are kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> Have a part to play, lah. Yeah. Right. What do you think about the criteria? Like, do you just rank everybody and then the bottom ten out? It's really not so straightforward. I think, especially for HR, to participate and know the list beforehand、mm. is really challenging. Especially, I think a lot of HR that may not have a lot of the connections with what's going on, on the ground, right? So they really、yes. hear、mm. through their managers.、Yes. But putting that aside, besides the reasons that just now you mentioned, I think there is also one reason that we don't really talk about. It is that whether the staff 
are aligned to the new vision or not. Okay. Uh, right? Okay. Because sometimes, like just what you mentioned about one of the reasons of the trimming is sometimes it's because company wants to move into new areas. Yes. Mm. And there will be bound to be people who are like, no, I don't want to go there. Mm. I, I disagree and whatnot. Mm. Fair enough, you know, they have their own perspective of not wanting to go into, let's say, generative AI, right? Sure. And But the company still has to move forward with that. Mm. And sometimes the trimming happens because maybe there is really no alignment between what the company wants to hit, like where to mm. hit to, right? right. Yeah, on the staff level, you probably don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Do the staff tell you, look, I don't want to do this because mm. I'm, let's say I'm 50 years old or I'm 45. Mm. I'm not going to learn something new this fast, this much. Mm. I, I'm not interested in 16-hour days anymore. Mm. You can articulate that, right? I think you can, but I think you have to understand that the company is bigger than yourself. It's not just mm. about you, but it's the mm. company as a whole. And you have your own personal choice, whether you want to go with that direction or not. Nobody's mm. forcing you to do so. Mm. So you have a choice True. to do that. Right, yeah. right. So the seemingly unfit for the future vision or direction could be the contributing factor to why in the recent cases, they were mentioned about top performer getting the X. People who just got promoted also gotten the letter. But a lot of times where it comes to retrenchment, there is this thing what they call the horseshoe retrenchment, right? Which means you trim people at the bottom and trim people at the top and then you leave your managers in the middle because mm. they are stuck, mm. right? They have to do what their staff used to do because right now they don't have the staff anymore but yet they have to do what their bosses used to do. Right. So oh. in retrenchment, we always tend to hear this thing like horseshoe, like you trim the edge of right. both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it could not only just be a performance but sometimes it's maybe uh, this manager, I don't need a director to do this anymore. A manager can can be stretched, right? And that's what a lot of the bosses like to do, right? I'm going to give you a stretch assignment. I'm going to give oh you a stretch. Let's go. <laughs> stretch goal. <laughs> If you think that the director's role is not meaty enough and the manager mm. can actually perform that role, then yeah, I guess you would have to remove the director. Lah. But there's also a lot of assumption, right? It sounds very much sink or swim. Just throw you in the swimming pool, see whether you can adapt. Yeah. Because there's mm. an assumption that the manager can step up to manage up and also manage yeah. down at the same time. Yeah. 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 So the next thing that I like to discuss about is this focal point on technology. So recently, all these yeah. companies that have released all these news seems to be coming from the tech side. Mm. Are there some unique factors at play? And given so, if someone were to get a fantastic offer or are starting to talk to any tech companies, should they even start looking at severance guarantees in their contract? Mm. <laughs> or what else should they be looking at if they were to look at joining a tech company today? Mm. Mm. I think the technology always changes, right? It's very hard to keep up and we always have to be prepared that these changes will affect the way we do work or the kind of jobs that will be available out there. So I think for people who wants to go into this space, especially in the startup, since I come from the startup, you have to know that in startup, it's very volatile, mm. right? 50% of startups sometimes don't survive beyond three to five years. Right. Yeah. So for anyone who wants to go into the startup space, I think you really have to have your bullets. You need to make sure that you have something to fall back on uh, financially, mm. that's for sure. And know that you have to be really adaptable. You mm. have to be flexible. Sometimes in startups, mm. not the most ideal, but we may have to pivot from time to time because we want to strike at the the best opportunity out there or the best trend out there. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So that's something that you need to take note of. In terms of like severance guarantees and whatnot, I think 
honestly, there's no job that can guarantee you anything right now, even like if it's True. a non-startup or non-tech job. And yeah. for startup itself, you're really you know, trying to survive on investment. Why? I don't think I'll be able to pay anyone any severance yeah, 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 <laughs> package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, joining the tech space is something like you have to really be very prepared. Careful, careful about careful, yeah. What you're saying is there's no such thing. La. There's mm. no such guarantee that yes. you can build into your contract. To talk a little bit more about this tech thing, right? I was watching this very interesting YouTube um, mm. video about this guy who was charting the rise and fall of Shopee. And he was talking about how tech moves and how fast it moves, right? Mm. That's the interesting thing to me because when they first did online shopping, people bought on computers. Mm. And then suddenly people moved to mobile. Yeah. So they hired this bunch of fellows mm. who were writing software or coding or whatever for computers, for websites. Mm. And then now they needed to look for app guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. So one way, I guess the SG enable way, would be to try to get the guys who were doing web to learn how to do the mm. app. But in a situation like this, it's a fast moving game, right? The easiest would be just fire this whole lot and hire this new lot. Mm. Do you think this is going to be the script for the future? This is very tricky because nobody likes to be laid off quite immediately and not even a second shot to say, can I transfer or reskill? Upskill, whatever. Right, correct. Again, I think the company is bigger than any one of us. And Mm. there's nothing, in a way, nothing wrong for the company to think like that. Mm. For that example, I have a very classic one that I read off the book. It's by Patty McCord. She used to be the CHRO of Netflix. So during the time when Netflix started, they were just renting out DVDs, right? Yes. But they started to see the trend of internet and Mm. people are not buying DVD players anymore. So they were given an opportunity back then is, okay, we want to move into streaming. Mm. Okay. Right. So they also had the same thing. They also hired a bunch of database analysts who are just making sure, keeping track of the DVD movement on Google Sheet or Excel. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, hire yes. a lot of them. Data so, entry. <laughs> but they're doing a brilliant job. I mean, they're smart engineers as well, right? Database yeah. engineers. So one day she went into the room. She was like, yeah, this is where the company is going. We are going to do streaming and whatnot. And then this bunch of engineers were like hardcore lawyer, Netflix um, supporter. They were like, yeah, sure, Patty, just just give us six months, right? Just give mm. us time, right? You'll do what you need to do. We're going to learn the new things. Mm. And then we are going to make that happen. And then Patty said, if there's anyone on earth who can do it, I'm sure it's you guys, mm. but not within six months. Oh. So she laid them off, of course, with good packaged. Mm-hmm. And then she hired a whole new bunch of network engineers and developers. And that's where you see Netflix is right now. That's such an interesting story. <laughs> and and the thing is, very interestingly, she also mentioned it's a very tough choice, but mm. if you really hire people who really buys into the vision of the company, they can understand where the company is going. And sometimes this is no hard feeling. So it's not personal. It's just yes. a business decision, right? Yeah. To sidetrack, so what happened to these engineers who got laid off, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. They end up creating a database system for textbooks. So they used the skills that they learned in Netflix and they went over and did one for textbooks. Oh. Ah, so happy ending after all. Some skills are just not possible to learn. Yeah. It's really easy for somebody to say, mm. Adrian, you can just upskill, like, go and learn how to do app mm. development. No, I don't think that's so straightforward, right? I mean, it depends. Of course, you may show the attitude that you want to upskill, definitely for sure. But you know, a business have to really function. There's probably like still mm. 500 or 7,000 people that you need to make sure that they have 
be able to put food on the table, right? Mm. They yes, can't just yes. probably wait yes. for you to learn the skill no, and whatnot. Absolutely. As much as possible, as in HR, we try to give everyone the chance to say, okay, this is where we are moving. Do you right. want to try? But sometimes it's really very hard decisions that we have to make. Yeah. I think it also depends on the base that the individual start from. Like when DBS, if I'm not wrong, retrenched tellers, some mm. of them were also earmarked to be transitioned into digital marketing. Oh, really? But if you think about it, it's really a very different skill set. Yeah, completely different skill set. Mm. It can be so challenging. Mm. And I would wager most of them would be like, oh, why don't I just look for another customer service job because I can mm. just continue to adopt the skill set. But the whole nature of yeah. this practicality, it does make sense. But also this whole nature has also went into how many companies conducted their layoff, mm. as we've seen in the news. So we always joke that if your past suddenly doesn't work, your email suddenly doesn't work, <laughs> yeah. you've been fired. But it's really a tough way to find that you are on the list. You show up, then they tell you you don't have a job. And it's, it sounds really cruel. Have you personally been in such a difficult retrenchment situation? And importantly, why does stuff continue to happen like this? Because in the newspaper, we all know that it doesn't seem to be the right way, yeah. but it seems to be the way to do. Right. I was laid off before as well. So oh. it wasn't a good experience, definitely. And I think it's due to financial reasons. Yeah. Of course, being the one retrenched, you will be like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, you know, it's like you blame the management for not maybe looking after the money well, yeah, yeah. etc. But then I wouldn't say that it's the way, but we have to understand from this perspective is that the world changes so fast, right? And as companies, their primary aim is to what? Make money. There's nothing wrong with making money, right? The yeah, company yeah. exists to make money. And they have to make sure that they are sustainable and they still continue to thrive and for some companies to survive, yeah, yeah. right? This may be hard for a lot of listeners out there, but I would say that don't take retrenchment as something that is out of the world. It's probably just something that is going to happen anywhere mm. but of course there's a separate debate about how we want to do this responsibly right yes, yep. yes. I, think, I, I think that's for sure yeah I think the basic thing is that you shouldn't be so cruel you shouldn't shut people off and then suddenly they show up at work and they, they lost access to everything yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean I think that's a low blow right yeah just treat somebody as you would like to be treated isn't it yes like how would you like to be let go yeah obviously you want to be told beforehand explain etc yeah. right? i don't think employees are expecting a divorce party but at the very <laughs> least don't contrast too much from the courtship process la. yeah i always tell my team it's that we spend so much effort in trying to bring great talents in right we, we cuddle them we make sure that they are on board then when we don't really need them anymore for whatever reasons, whether is it like happy divorce or not, then we just treat them like they're criminals yeah. or they are no longer needed. Mm-hmm. I don't agree in that way. So I think there's a responsible way in communicating and executing retrenchment. Yes. But I think for everyone else to think that retrenchments will never happen, mm. I think that... Or will somehow be very, you know, like lovely, goodbye, no such thing. Like. Yeah, I mean, resizing really will happen, mm. right? And sometimes it's really the cold hard reasons, right? Business needs to survive. Yeah. Just curious, have you ever like had to let people go? Yeah, I did. But it's probably not so much of just financial reasons. It's a lot more complex than that. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's always hard. You are dealing with a person, right? And a job to someone means so much. It means reputation. It means mm. their identity. ego, their identity, their, their livelihood, their family, mm. their commitment. So when they don't have a job, people just go to the all or nothing route like mm. oh I lost mm. my job so I'm a failure I can't support my family anymore and whatnot. so yeah. it's really hard and the thing is no matter what good reasons sometimes management or HR people have in the years of that the other party is 
all these are crap, right? I, yeah. I don't believe yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, but what we advocate, at least for me, what I advocate to do is it shouldn't be like the person who is, let's say, non-performing shouldn't be caught by surprise. Mm. Mm. So that is why we advocate for regular feedback sessions, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think the other episode of podcast, I think you all talk about 360 feedback. Yes, and I think one of the speakers yeah. said that, you know, you should do regular feedback. So we do that. If you have told this person two times that he or she is not performing. So by the time you need to tell her that he or she has to go, it doesn't come as a surprise, mm. right? Yes. In the case of massive layoff, I guess, regular town hall to let people know that we are in difficult waters yeah. and this yeah, is yeah. what we have to do. We have to be tighter, we have to be leaner. Mm. Otherwise, three months later, something may happen. Yeah. I, I think for management, when it comes to sharing this kind of information in town hall, I, I think they need to be transparent about it. Yes. Of course, yes. you can't really flash all your you know, yeah, <laughs> account books and whatnot, yeah. right? But if you are really in deep waters, say it. Mm. Because it's probably in those moments, you probably can see who are the ones who are going to stick with you. Right. And then who are the ones like, all right, thanks information for the boss, but I'm going. <laughs> See you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we often focus on the emotional toll of the people who are laid off. But there's this survivor, right? So all these guys are stuck behind morale is low mm. when Lazada fired, right? Some people had posted to say that, yeah, morale is very low. Mm. People are always thinking, am I next? Mm. And that kind of will affect work right in productivity do mm. you have you had that experience before yes yes and when i was laid off i have a friend who was laid off with me and i was very upset about it and he pat on my shoulder and say maybe we should be glad that we left at least we're not in the sinking ship mm. you know we are not the one who stay on in the sinking ship right yeah, yeah. so i can actually understand for those who still remains in those companies right who just gone through layoff and people that are feeling like very on the edge they do not know what's mm. gonna happen whatnot so I think for companies or for HR professionals out there, as much as you are taking care of those who are leaving, you also must take care of those who are staying. Yes. Mm. Right? Yes. Because it's a ripple effect. Mm. Because you never know these people will also either they just mentally quit on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Their yep. laptop is on, but they're probably scrolling LinkedIn jobs on, on their yes, phone yes. and whatnot. So a lot of HR just think that, okay, once I've done the retrenchment, once I let people go off, I pay all the package, my job is done. No. Mm. The repair of trust is the mm. next thing you need to really focus on. Yep, yep. Right? To build the connection with the rest. It's like, guys, I know it's tough time. We're going to move this together. I yep. may not have all the answers. So that, that repair of trust, the sharing of vulnerability and, and yep. the transparency, I think is really needed. I think a lot of people forget that. Just, oh, I retrench. That's it. My job yeah, is done. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's a reputational risk love for companies who do bad retrenchments, right? Mm. If I'm talented, I won't apply to you because you've got this bad rep now for treating people badly, right? Yeah, mm. and the bad rep would live forever on the internet. <laughs> okay, AI is coming for jobs next. We are already seeing this at Google. What used to be done by engineers can mm. now be done by AI. Mm. I'm a very lousy forecaster, but I think it's quite safe to wager that AI is coming for many people's jobs. Mm. What would you give as advice to people navigating this transition? If there's a 25-year-old Javiel today, <laughs> looking out at joining the workforce especially mm. in the tech space mm. what advice would you have for this person? No, but it's also the 45 year old engineer who's mm. been like tip top at his job mm. and now AI is going to do that job you're going to be living till 18 so that's a bit scary right? Yeah, I understand the fear towards AI we always talk about how AI will take away jobs and not not but there's a context I want to set with regards to our fear about this new industrial revolution, right? Mm. I think 
the fear has gone a little bit too out of proportion. Oh, if, really? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if we look at history <laughs> nice. with each yeah. industrial revolution, yep. the introduction of machines, steam engines, or even internet, mm. do we really lose jobs? No. We mm. lost jobs, right? Maybe. But the thing is, we lost jobs that are more mundane and routine. But mm. in that process, we also created high-value jobs, which mm. improves our own quality of life mm. and, and work, right? So, I would say that with this industrial revolution, of course, right now, we're still trying to grapple how this generally yeah, AI yeah. will change things. But I would say that we are the one who created this thing, right? Yes, and so, yes, yeah. there will be new jobs that will come out of it, okay. right? So, the way to, say, fireproof or, you know, to navigate this is sit comfortably with this new trend. Yes, you can choose to shut your eyes and your ears and lament how this thing is unfair and going to take away jobs, but it's not going to solve the problem, right? Yes, the only yeah. way to address this is to know how this AI works. Mm. So go and learn, go and use it, right? Even for my team, we actually use AI ChatGPT for our handbook because it just makes research work a lot easier. Of course, we can sure. fine-tune from things like that. So my stand is you do not have to love or advocate for generative AI. That's fine. Mm. But able to sit comfortably with it and know that it is going to happen anyway, whether you like it or not. Right. That's important. And really, AI and all this industrial revolution, whether is it the fifth wave or sixth wave down the road, right? There are just going to be jobs that cannot be taken away. Look, I do not want my doctor to be an AI to operate on me for sure. I don't want to speak mm. to a counsellor. Yeah, agent don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't want a counsellor or a psychiatrist that yes. is AI. You know, there yeah. will be a lot of jobs still will remain and there will be new jobs created. Mm. But if you are talking about really how can I also cope with this change, I think for everyone out there is really learning about also very human-oriented skills. Yeah. Like yeah. communication, team management because these are things that Will never be. Yeah, the AI automation yeah. can never I totally, totally replace. So yeah. you may not like the wave, but you got to ride it. I guess what you're saying is it'll come, but try your best to learn more about it. Because we fear what we do not know, right? Mm. So go if and understand know, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can decide whether you really like it or not. Yeah, I mean, mm. come on. If we could learn how to use handphones and fancy computers, laptops, etc. Every technical thing that we've learned, I'm sure we'll be able to figure it out, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, if you can't figure it out, you can still make coffee. La. Yeah. La. Coffee oh, that's, actually that's also got a robot job. now. That's my alter ego. <laughs> la. I want to be a barista. <laughs> yeah, see? see? What, what, what did you think? Okay, so we started out talking about layoff, ended up in some existential black hole about robots <laughs> stealing our jobs and also potentially our coffee mugs. But I think here's the thing, as bleak as it may sound, there's also some glimmer of hope. La. Mm. Because we also talk about doing things like upskilling, staying adaptable, and the standard government thing that has been said, embrace lifelong learning, the mantras for modern workers, the armor against robot uprising. And I really like the story that Jeffrey mentioned about Netflix, the mm. happy ending to the team that was also laid off. So yeah, let's look at things from a different angle and also support each other through this bumpy ride in this ever-evolving workplace. Because who knows, maybe we can make this crazy thing called work not suck so much. <laughs> I think that's going too far, Adrian. I think work will always suck to some point. <laughs> Thank you, Javier, for making this sound so interesting to me. I've never taken for granted the fact that I have a job. So every day is a gift in my view because, I mean, podcasts might be swept away tomorrow, replaced by something completely different, some new thing or other. But like you, I believe that there are some skills that I have gained in the last 20 years of working that will stand the test of time. 
you know. Mm. The way I write, for example, yeah. my communication skills, dealing with people, all those things I hope will never be replaced. If anyone who is listening and you're worried about being let go, Javiel's point that it's not the end of the world, essentially. Yeah. So there's this saying, right? As long as there is life, there is hope. Yes. So I hope that you guys had a interesting time listening to our guest today. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you to my podcast team. Until we meet again next week.